Hello again. For those of you who just came in, my name is Derek, and I um, want to welcome you this morning. We are uh, kicking off a new series today, and it's lasting all through the month of May, called The Parables of Jesus. And before we jump into today's message, I just want to tell you where we're heading next week. So uh, a week from today, next Sunday, you guys all know it's a very special day. What is it? Mother's Day. Excellent. You guys, I know you've all got your Mother's Day gifts and all that stuff lined up. You got it all figured out. All of you, nobody's, you know, nobody's worried about that. Just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead at me if you haven't gotten that taken care of yet. But um, we always try and do Mother's Day special here at Grace. And uh, we want to celebrate the moms. We want to celebrate all the ladies in the house. And so a week from Sunday... If you are able to make it to church, uh, we will have a special gift for all the ladies in attendance. And uh, we also are going to set up an area where you can take uh, a picture. You can take a photograph either with mom or for mom. And uh, we'll have someone who's there to take your picture, but we'll take it on your camera or your phone. So then you can text it to somebody or you can get it framed or whatever you would like to do. So um, in, a, in addition to that, the, the, the message that day is going to be all about prayer. The parable we're going to look at that Jesus talked about is about prayer. And uh, one of the things that I, I actually need your help with, okay? So just hear me. I need a favor from you if you're sitting out there right now looking at me. I need a favor from you. Uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about is those long-time prayers, the prayers that you pray and you pray and you pray, and maybe you pray for so long that you actually give up praying for a while because you're like, shoot, this isn't happening. And then you pick it back up again and you pray some more and you pray some more. So those prayers that take a long time to get answered, if you have um, one of those prayers and, um, and there's, some, there's some story about it, um, then I would like to hear that story. And so actually what I want to do is, is ask a favor. Can you text me the word, text the word prayer to my cell phone, 571-334-0794. Just pull out your phone right now. Uh, maybe you have an answer to a prayer that, um, that you prayed for a long time. Maybe you didn't think it was going to get answered. And then finally something happened. Um, this doesn't have to be something recent. It could have been something that happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It doesn't matter. Um, but the point is, we're trying to collect some stories because it's going to be Mother's Day weekend. We want this to be an encouraging service, a hopeful service. So if you have an answer to a long-time prayer, just text the word prayer to 571-334-0794. If you're listening online you can, or watching online, you can do the same thing. Just text me. And, uh, and here's the deal. Maybe you have a long time prayer, you've been praying for a while, and maybe it didn't get answered, or at least not in the way that you want it. Maybe uh, instead, through that, your prayer actually changed course, or in the midst of praying, God gave you an encouragement. Uh, God, you know, said something to you, did something in the midst of that, and, and there was a great learning, or you, you, you deepened your faith in some way, but the prayer didn't necessarily, the outcome wasn't what you'd hoped, but there's still a story there. There's something, there's something cool that happened there. Okay, or one more one more category for you. Maybe you right now have been praying and praying, and the prayer has not been answered. It hasn't been, and you don't necessarily think there's any hope of it getting answered. But there's something that compels you to keep praying. Maybe it's encouragement through others who had answered prayers. Maybe it's through um, I don't know through some something that God has has done in your life. There's some reason why you keep praying. 
And I, I would love to hear that story as well. Please just text me the word prayer and what to, to my cell phone number, and I will get in contact with you this week. Now, very important here, very important. If you're thinking, I'm not going to send that, I'm not going to do that text thing because I might end up up on the stage right here next to Derek next Sunday and he's going to make me tell this story and that terrifies me, okay? I promise you, I will not make you come up on this stage unless you want to, okay? So if you want to be totally anonymous, that's fantastic. If you would like to just, you know, let me know what the prayer was and I could read something on your behalf, that's fantastic too, but the important thing is that when, th think about this for a second, because you've been in one of these seasons of, of prayer where you have been tremendously encouraged by hearing about what God's been doing in other people's lives when it comes to prayer, okay? So the service just isn't gonna be as good if you guys don't, don't start texting me some stuff, all right? So because, because a huge thing is doing, what is God up to in our community, at our church? So one more time, if you have anything, you might not even think it's that interesting or that compelling, but you know what? Sometimes those are the best things, the mundane type things that we can all really relate to. It doesn't have to be some lightning bolt experience, all right? So if something comes to you, get out your phone, Text me the word prayer, and we will be in contact this week. All right, enough about next week. Let's talk about this week. Here's a question that I want you guys to, to wrestle with this week. Do you ever struggle to connect with God? Like you just don't feel it sometimes. You want to be feeling it, but you just don't feel it. Like maybe this morning, you were here, music was playing, it's these songs of praise and worship to God, and you're sitting there going, I want to get into this. I really want to get into this. God, why can't I get into this? Why am I just not feeling it this morning? Um, maybe uh, you're in a season right now where you're like, man, I want to pray. I, I know that I should do that. I should wake up and I should, I should pray to God. I, I should read my Bible more. I, I want to do that, but I just can't seem to muster the motivation to do that. If you're here this morning and, and you're struggling in that area, or maybe you know somebody who's struggling in that area, then I think uh, this message is going to be for you. Maybe, um, maybe you've been in one of those seasons and you, you run across somebody and they're all fired up in their faith. And they, they're telling you all this cool stuff that's happening and how excited and motivated they are. And there's a part of you that is genuinely happy for that person. You know, there's a big part of you and, and you're sincerely like, oh, that's great. I'm so, I'm so excited for that person. And you tell them that. But if you're going to be honest, there's another part of you that just hates their guts, right? Right? Nervous laughter. Yeah. I mean, because, because, there's a part of you that's like, why don't I have that? How come yours, how do you get that? Why, why do I not, why am I not feeling it, man? Maybe you're here this morning and you're still just checking out this whole Christianity, church, Jesus thing. And maybe you're here and you're really intrigued with Jesus. Um, you know, here's this, you don't exactly know what to make of Jesus, but man, very influential person in history as teachings live on to this day and have influenced so many people and organizations. And so you're still trying to figure out who Jesus is. You're, you're very intrigued 
you're enamored with Jesus, but, uh, but when people talk about having a relationship with Jesus, when people talk about trusting Jesus and praying to Jesus and knowing this, this joy and this peace that comes from this relationship with Jesus, you're just, you're just like, look at those people and you're like, that person's weird. You know, what, what is that? And there's, there's a part of you that, that does that, but then there's another part of you, if you're going to be honest, and part of the reason that you're here today is because you, you kind of are intrigued. You want that. Like, I, I kind of like to have some of that joy and that peace, and I don't know what that looks like, but, but that's interesting to me. But, but you're struggling to connect in that area. If that's you, or maybe it's someone you know, or maybe you're anticipating a season in your life where if you're like me, kind of my faith relationship with God is just, it's kind of like this. And, um, and so inevitably I'll have seasons where I'm really motivated and I'm, I'm, I'm on it and everything's awesome. And then I'll have other seasons where I'm just really struggling to find the motivation to connect with God. Well, uh, Jesus tells a parable that really addresses this issue. And we find it in the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke. Now, there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four different guys who wrote accounts about the life of Jesus. And Luke was was a doctor. He actually wasn't one of Jesus' disciples, but he went around, came to faith in Jesus, and, um, and then went around to all the different followers of Jesus, and he was a meticulous record keeper. And so he wrote down an account, not just in the Gospel of Luke, but also in the book of Acts, the history of the early church. And so, um, so here's what Luke writes about uh, this one story about Jesus. It starts in Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Uh, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. So first things first, what's a Pharisee? Well, a Pharisee was a Jewish person who was super, super religious, so the Pharisees' goal was basically to take all of the laws and all of the commandments and make sure that they followed those to a T. So in terms of like the do's and don'ts of religion, these guys were amazing. They had their spiritual house in order. I mean, they could walk around with chests kind of puffed out and just feeling really, really good about their spiritual condition. So... This Pharisee invites Jesus to dinner. Now, we don't, it doesn't say explicitly why, but if you look earlier in, in that chapter, in Luke's account, we see that Jesus had come into this town called Nain, where he has dinner with this Pharisee. And as he comes into the town of Nain, there's a crowd of people coming out of the town, and they're carrying the body of a dead boy. And next to this body, there is the dead boy's mother, She happens to be a widow, and this was her only son. And so Jesus sees this crowd, sees the boy, sees the mom, and he's moved with compassion, and he miraculously raises this boy from the dead. And the town of Nain is electric. It's buzzing with excitement, and they're saying, Surely this is a God thing. Surely this man is a prophet. And so as I read Luke chapter 7, in my mind, it's logical that then this Pharisee has heard about this because not only did the whole town hear about it, but it then spread to surrounding towns. Everyone's talking about it. This Pharisee's like, you know what? I got I to gotta meet this Jesus guy. 
And so he has Jesus over for dinner. Now, one other very important thing about uh, verse 36. When it says, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. 2,000 years ago, those words had very significant meaning. And the meaning of that reclined at the table means formal banquet. Okay, we're not talking about a little casual one-on-one dinner here. We're talking about a formal affair. And this is kind of what it would look like 2,000 years ago. You would have people reclining at a table. And uh, because this is, you know, the Middle East and and we've got um, no real footwear to speak of, You've got, you've got people with their, their feet out. Everyone would stick their feet away from the food and everything because your feet didn't always smell so good. So this, this was how you would see, and it doesn't look very formal, but this is a formal banquet 2,000 years ago. So here's why this is important, okay? This isn't some casual affair. This is a Pharisee, a super religious person, okay? With Jesus, who many of us think is fairly religious himself, right? Other Pharisees would have been there and... This is the scene, formal religious dinner. I want you to start picturing this scene in your mind because here's what happens next. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life, this was a woman with a reputation in the town, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Now I want you to picture this, okay? Woman with a sinful reputation walks into the very formal, very religious setting, clearly an irreligious person. And if if you need to close your eyes just to hear these words, I want you to picture this in your mind because this is amazing. As she stood behind Jesus at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. So now she's just sobbing. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Now, in my mind, there's only one word that can describe this scene. Awkward. So incredibly awkward. You know, my last month or two has been pretty awkward. Um, My wife and I kind of have this ongoing running conversation that happens every time my hair starts to get beyond a length that I like. And, um, and I'm like, okay, babe, you know, I'm going to go get my hair cut tomorrow. And she's like, no, 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 no. Don't get your hair cut. Don't get your hair cut. She loves my hair long. And always I'm like, no, no, it's just, I can't, it's driving me crazy. I'm getting my hair cut. And so this goes on and I get my hair cut and then she's like, no. And this has been happening for years and years and years. Well, a few months back, I'm like, okay, it's time to get, you know, I'm going to get my hair cut. And she's like, no, please don't get your hair cut. So I'm like, okay, fine. You know what? Whatever. I'll, I'll let it grow out. Why not? You know, let's try something different. So I started growing my hair out a little bit. And, um, you know, you can kind of get away with growing your hair out for a little bit, but then it gets to that awkward stage. Okay. Many of you are nodding because you, yes, exactly. Cause you saw me the last few weeks. Okay. So, so I, I get to the point where I can no longer fix my hair the way I normally fix my hair because it's like literally covering my eyes. So I decide, okay, and I have no fashion sense. I have no real style ability. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to kind of like, you know, push it kind of like in the middle like this so I can at least see. And I'm, you know, putting product in my hair and I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just totally ad-libbing. And, um, 
And so in that, that little experimentation phase, um, that's when it's really interesting when you run into people that know you pretty well. So I would run into you know, people, and, and I would say hi to them, and um, they would be like, hey, and I'd be like, hey, and we're, we're, we're having small talk, you know, just how was the weekend or whatever. But when they're talking to me, I see they're not looking at my eyes, they're looking at my hair. And so I see them looking at my hair, and I think that they can feel that I see them looking at my hair, but we're not talking about my hair. We're just talking about anything but the hair. And so um, it's, just, it's just a little awkward. Well, then I had other folks, and, and they would make a comment like, hey, are you growing out your hair? You trying something different with your hair? And I'd be like, yeah, actually I am. Now, that's the point where if, you, if you're the one who asked the question, hey, are you growing out your hair? It follows that if I say, yes, you're supposed to say something like, oh, that's cool, or, oh, that's kind of interesting, or, you know, you say something, but what everyone would be like is like, oh, you're growing out your hair? Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. Okay. So this went on for a while, and it just kind of dawned on me, and, and this actually, for some of you, this may be the whole reason you came today what I'm about to tell you next, okay? If you do something different with your hair, or if you try like a new fashion or a new style, you do something dramatic with, your, with yourself, and people notice, and you can see them noticing, and they're kind of making these comments, but no one's saying anything positive, you have a problem, okay? You need to do something different. Okay, and, and that's, that's what I realized, but the, the ultimate for me, this was, this was so great. So in my office, um, there's a lot of different community groups that meet in my office and people come in and out of my office all the time. So there's a lot of different people flowing through there. So I have no idea who did this, but one, one morning I, I came to work and this was sitting on my desk. I took a picture with my phone. That's my desk. <laughs> that's a hair cuttery coupon right there for those of you who can't see it. So anyway, thank you, whoever did that, because this is my haircuttery uh, haircut. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it was awkward, right? Yeah, excellent. So here we have this tremendously awkward scene and this super formal setting with these super religious people and this, this woman with a very sinful reputation. In fact, it's so awkward, check this out. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, notice, so awkward, couldn't even say anything out loud. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, like the whole town was saying he was, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. But she is a sinner. Now he's This is internal dialogue. He's thinking this. And this is where, if you would have lived 2,000 years ago and Jesus did something like what he's about to do to this guy, to you, you would have freaked out, okay? Because check out what happens next. Jesus answered him, which means what? Jesus read that guy's mind. He's thinking, this guy's not a prophet. Next thing you know, prophet just read your mind, dude, okay? (laughs) Jesus answered him in his head, okay? Jesus goes, hey, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people, and this is where the parable starts. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii. A denarii was a full day's wages. So this is like 
almost two years' wages that this one guy owed to the moneylender. It says the other 50, so the other owed less than two months' wages. Jesus says neither of them had the money to pay back the moneylender, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And I think we would all agree with that, right? The one who had the bigger debt forgiven, pretty logical that that he'd be more appreciative, be more grateful for that. And Jesus says, you have judged correctly. And here's the interpretation of the parable. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. What's up with the water and the feet? Well, again, those feet, as I showed you before, those feet would be, would be dirty. And so it was customary that if you were hosting people in your home, you would provide, at a minimum, you'd provide a bowl of water and a towel for someone to be able to clean their feet. This was, this was just kind of the tradition in that time. And he says, you haven't, you haven't done that, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss. You're like, kiss? That's a little weird, you know? Well, that was just, that was like a handshake back then. It was just a customary greeting. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head. Again, another sign of welcome and hospitality. But she has poured perfume, much more expensive than household oil. She's poured perfume on my feet. And then Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, Simon, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. And what's important about this sentence is it's, he's not saying, well, because she's done this, now I've forgiven her sins. No, 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 no. What he's saying is, you can clearly see, as her great love has shown, she clearly has already received this gift from me. She, she's already, she already has, has, is reconciled to God. And now here's, here's the point of the whole parable, okay? So don't miss this. Okay, tune right back in to this, these next words here. Especially if you're here and you're struggling to get motivated in your relationship with God. Jesus says, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. We can look at Simon here in this story and go, Simon, come on, man. Where's the love? I mean, you got Jesus coming into your house and you're not doing like the basic rules of hospitality for this guy. I mean, where's the love for Jesus? You've invited him. Why are you not motivated to honor him? Why are you not motivated to serve him in any way? Why is this such a struggle for you, Simon? Why can't you get motivated? Well, the reason that Simon isn't motivated to do anything for Jesus, don't miss this, is because in Simon's mind, Jesus hasn't done anything for him. You see, you got to remember, Simon is a Pharisee. He's got his whole spiritual house in order. 
He doesn't have any need for Jesus, any real need for forgiveness. You see, he's doing everything just so. And in his mind, he's basically like totally worthy of being in, in, in the presence of a holy God. So Jesus might have done something for that little boy, raising him from the dead. And Jesus might have done something for that sinful woman who was there. But in Simon's mind, Jesus hasn't done anything for him. So if you're here today and you're struggling to connect with God. You're struggling to get motivated. When you look at yourself, you're sitting here going, where's the love? Like, why can't I have the love for God that I feel like I should have? Like, where is it? Why is it not there? Why is this so difficult for me? If you're struggling with that, here's the question to ask yourself. What has God done for me? What has God done for me? Or if you want to put it in, in a prayer form, God, help me to see what you've done for me. I think I've lost sight of the debt that you've paid on my behalf. I'm really struggling here. God, what have you done for me? And here's why that question is so incredibly important, you guys. Because we are not the initiators of a relationship with God. We're not the ones who do that. Did you know that? God initiates the relationship with us. Our role is we respond to what God has done. One of Jesus' closest disciples, he had like an inner circle of three of the 12, these three, and one of them's name was John. He actually wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote another letter called 1 John. And in that letter, chapter four, verse 19, he penned these words. They're so profound. He says, we love because he, God, first loved us. We love because God first loved us. A number of years ago, I heard a definition for worship that just stuck with me. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite definition of worship. What, what does it mean to worship God? What is, how do you define that? Here it is. Worship is loving God back. That's what worship is. Loving God back back. We don't initiate it. If you're trying to muster out of your own strength and drive and sheer determination, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. That can only get you so far. Because ultimately, the truth is that it's a response to what God has done for you. And so often when we struggle, we struggle because we've lost sight of what God's done for us. And that's the point of the parable. That's why Jesus says, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little because whoever has been forgiven much loves much. Some of you have heard this story, but many of you haven't. Uh, when I was in college, I lived in a fraternity house with about 60 other guys. And I got along really well with uh, just about all the guys in the house. But there was this one guy that I just could not seem to get along with. You see, I was someone who joined a fraternity because this fraternity was really into making a difference in the community. It was into serving. Uh, it was into a lot of positive things. And so that's really what, what attracted me to the fraternity. I never thought I would be in a fraternity, but I decided to jump in. And so I was the one who was like, come on guys, like let's keep our reputation good on campus. Let's, let's do a bunch of service stuff. Um, you know, let's keep the house clean. Let's, you know, let's just do all the positive stuff. And, um, 
There was this one guy in particular, his name was Chris Montante, and he was just known as Tante. And, and Tante, he was kind of like my arch enemy in the house. He was my nemesis. And the reason is, is because not only was he like the polar opposite of me in every single way you could possibly imagine, but he had this, this little pleasure he would take in just, just pushing my buttons, you know, just being annoying, letting me know that he just enjoyed, get, he was a contrarian at heart. And so he really bothered me. And through the years, I just really got to just hating this guy. And I didn't really hate anybody, but I hated Tante. I really just hated him. And I think he knew I hated him. He knew I kind of looked down on him. And I stayed out of his way. Well, fast forward to junior year of college. Um, we had done this big service project that I had organized. We, we transformed our fraternity house into a haunted house for some kids uh, in the community who really were in uh, pretty bad shape. And um, we're, we're doing, we're tearing down, um, it was big construction. So like literally, you know, huge two by fours and nails everywhere. And uh, I'm pulling these nails out of boards and I'm, I've got a hammer and I'm pulling these nails out of this board. And I remember I wasn't, it wasn't very smart, but I was like backing up and I was like pulling nail out and then I'd back up again and I'd pull nail out and I backed up and I stepped down on a three inch nail that was shooting up through this two by four. And the thing literally went all the way up through my foot. I was wearing tennis shoes all the way through my right foot. Didn't feel too good. And uh, some of you know me, I don't do blood well, okay? I just, I just don't, especially my own. That's really not good. So I pulled the thing up and I kind of had that moment of shock and disbelief where I'm like, did that really happen? And so I was like, oh yeah, it really happened. Because my whole sock is just red, right? So, so I'm in one of the rooms in the house and I, and I start hopping. And I'm hopping and I'm like, I have got to get some help. So I hop and I hop out to our front porch. Now, it's a beautiful sunny Sunday afternoon. There's a ton of guys sitting out on our front porch, just hanging out. And I'm sitting there and I, I don't even have words. I'm really not the guy in the emergency that you want to be around, okay? Because I just didn't even have the words. I'm just kind of like, and they're all looking at me. And then Tante hops up and he, he walks over to me. And I'm like, oh, geez, what's he going to say? You know, oh, way to go, Andy. What'd you do now? You know, I knew he was going to say something, some, some comment. Or maybe he's going to push me over because I was on one leg. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. But what happened next just completely floored me. He takes his long sleeve t-shirt from around uh, his waist. It was his favorite hockey. He had some intramural championship hockey shirt. I don't know what it was, but he, he takes it off. And he wore the shirt every day. You know, it's college. You wear the same clothes every day. So, so this was his, this like the only shirt, right? And he, he put, takes the shirt and he ties it around my bloody foot. And he takes my arm and he puts it over his shoulder. And we proceed to get to the car and he drives me to the hospital and he waits in the hospital for hours while I'm waiting in the ER and then I finally get seen and I go to the, you know, I get my x-rays and I get the tetanus and all that and he's waiting and just waiting for hours and hours and hours. What? Now, it's not going to shock any of you to hear that from that moment to this day, He's one of my best friends in the whole world. Does that surprise you? Why? 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 Because of what he did for me. That's the only, believe me, that's the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) 
because of what he did for me. See, not only did he not have to do that, we kind of hated each other, you know? I didn't deserve that, the way that I treated him, the way I thought about him. I knew I didn't deserve it. You want to talk about grace, amazing grace? That's, that was it in action. When you, get, when you experience it, you're not the same. You can't be. So, spiritually speaking, okay, what Jesus tells us, and although this can be hard to hear, and John kind of mentioned it last week, this is not necessarily politically correct, and you don't have license to go around telling other people this, okay? But spiritually speaking, what Jesus tells us, the hard truth, which some of us have a really hard time receiving, is that we have all stepped on a nail. We all have. And the reason we've all stepped on a nail is because ultimately the the deal is, according to Jesus anyway, is that there's really two levels. Level one is perfection. It's God, holiness. And then the only other level beyond perfection is imperfection. No matter how good we think we are, no matter how often we go to church or read our Bible or pray or help someone across the street or whatever, whatever good deeds and things you do in your life, um, we, we've all messed up. We've all done things we regret. We, we've, all, we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard for our lives. We just have. We all, to put it in terms of this parable, have a, a debt that we can't pay on our own. The same kind of debt that I couldn't pay to Tante. And so the truth is that Jesus came to this earth because he saw this this issue. And he didn't simply take off a long sleeve t-shirt and tie it around our foot. Oh no. Jesus actually took the nails that were meant for us and he lived a perfect blameless life and then went to a cross and sacrificed his life. He took those nails for us. Now that might sound crazy to you. How does this work? What does that mean? How, what are you even talking about right now, okay? But this is what Jesus says, that ultimately he laid down his life so that we could be seen as perfect in the eyes of God, that we would, we would be righteous in God's eyes, that we are completely forgiven of everything we've done, not because of anything we do, but just simply because of what Jesus did for us. He took the nails for us. And so here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. As hard as that is to understand, and maybe a lot of you are like, I get that here in my head. I'm having trouble getting it in my heart, okay? But the reality is, according to Jesus, this is true. You may have a hard time with it, but it's true. It's true. And so if you're struggling, where's the love? How, why, can't I, why can't I get motivated? Okay, why can't I feel this? Why, why can't I do this? Here's the deal. Press into what God has done for you. And God has done something so amazing for you. Whether you can fully grasp it, whether you can fully understand it, that's another thing. But press into it. I've asked the team here to come up and join me for this final concluding part of the service. The reason they're up here is because when we have a truth that's really hard to understand, 
Okay? Maybe for some of us, we have a visceral reaction to it. For others of us, we just can't really seem to get our mind wrapped around it. We need multiple ways to try and wrestle with that truth and get it to sink deep. And so we might need to read it in our Bible. We might need to hear it in a sermon and hear different stories that bring that truth to life. But we might also need to sing it so that we can hear it in a different way. Music washing over you, all these different things happening to try and grasp this truth. Because ultimately, it's all about, if you can, if you can understand what God has done for you, all you're doing then is loving God back. It's just worship, it's just an expression, it's just a reaction. So I'm gonna ask you all to stand. We're gonna stand up. And there are gonna be some of you and you need to sing this out because you need to declare this truth, okay? I wanna show you the, the lyrics to the chorus. You need to sing this out because you need to hear yourself say and you need to believe that Jesus paid it all and that we actually do owe him and that's where our gratitude and our response back to him comes from. There's others of you, and actually you don't need to sing anything. You just need to be quiet. And in fact, during this song, you just need to pray. God, I don't get this. I don't know how you paid it all. I don't understand. I don't believe I have a debt. I'm a good person. How does this work? You just need to pray and ask that God would infuse your soul with the truth of what Jesus is trying to convey here. Okay, so we're going to stand, we're going to sing, and then um, the team's going to close us out from here. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.